you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Won't drink the Zach Wilson Kool-Aid. There is? They're serving that somewhere? <laughs> From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. Week 11 draft preview. I'm Dan Hansis. I got Greg Rosenthal here. And little station note, because I know we, you know, everybody loves Mark Sessler. And Mark has been uh, dealing with a reoccurrence of a, a medical condition he's dealt with. People that listen to the show know he's had some issues with blood clots, and that popped up again this past weekend. And we are now um, waiting for Mark to rejoin us, but we don't want to rush him back, Greggy. So we're hoping we get him back this weekend, but basically telling him to take it easy and get 100%. Yes, we, we love Mark. We want the best of Mark, and this is this is the middle of the season. We, we can handle it and make sure uh, that the show is still afloat for when he gets back and just has a monster playoff run. And that's why I'm leaving as well. So we're just going <laughs> to leave it to Greg. His dream is about to come true. Uh, no, really, we need reinforcements, though. So welcome, wel- welcoming him in from Cleveland, easy for me to say, where he just got in a morning pump and did the thing like uh, filled up the pint glass with egg yolks? Do I even have to say his name? You know who it is. Nick Shook. Pinch hitting. Francisco Lindor. Bases loaded. Two outs in the ninth. Uh, that was a classic playoff game back in the day. Uh, you know, I've never had the egg yolks before like that. Um, I'd imagine they would be pretty gross. Uh, but I, I do enjoy some eggs in the morning, and, and that was part of today's today's diet for sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Nick, we appreciate you. Kind of hit up Nick on short notice last night. And as he always has been, uh, just always there for us. Yes. He's a good man. Except for when, I, when he left us to go back to work for the Browns briefly. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, that was weird. But he made the right choice. Come, come to the homeland. Come home. He's back, baby. All right. Shook, this is your first draft with us. So... You're going to essentially be picking in Mark's slot, which is second overall. And we got a uh, big slate of games. Kind of a weird slate, Greggy, because um, you have two monster primetime games that we hit on the Wednesday show with Connie Fox. Make sure you check that out. Eagles Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Uh, Tonight is Bengals Ravens, and I'll be on the recap of that later. So those are two big games with winning teams. Now you look at the Sunday schedule we're about to break down. And, Greg, I count... A single game with two teams with a winning mm. record playing. So we have a lot of haves v. have-nots, uh, but you could spin it this way. How about this? That the have-nots here, and many of them are in getting into desperate straits as we approach December and kind of can't keep falling behind. So there's a lot of urgency on both sides here. It's a lot of, uh, it, we're at the point of the season where you get that like six loss. Like for instance, your Jets, four and five. Mm-hmm. They, where a lot of fans, some of them overwrought, some of them right on feeling like, oh, the season's over. It's like once you get to about six or seven, and I always push back and say, no, you got a chance to make a run, but it's getting there. It's getting there. Put you in the danger zone. Uh, so I will pick first. I, uh, I have the first overall pick oh one more bit of housekeeping um a lot of our locks 
and Shook, uh, you don't have to worry about a lock today, but a lot of our locks actually came out of the, those primetime games. I took the Bengals. Um, the Cincinnati Zoo took the e- took the Eagles uh, against the Chiefs. Mm. Uh, Sestog also uh, in that game, but it's a lock off because he's taking the Chiefs. And I got a note from Nick Wessling Ooh. who said, Greg, if you were a real man, you will uh, go a lock off against Nick Shook and Ooh. take the Chiefs as well. I will do even better than that, Nick. I am going to do a lock off, but I'm going to do a lock off against your team. The Cincinnati Bengals oh. have a lock off with Dan Hansis How on about that? Thursday night. How about that? This is what happens when you don't look at the full slate before the Wednesday show. I woke up this morning. I'm like, I don't really like it. All right. Lock it up. It's a lock off. And really that sets a, up a well double lock off. That's never happened before. I'm so buried in the standings. My only chance is to win things like lock off. So the, the urgency, listen, it's me and Joe Burrow versus the world. I'm okay with that tonight. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's get to the first overall pick presented by DraftKings. And like I said, um, if there was a home run slam dunk game for me to take, I would uh, be all over it. Cause I have the first overall pick and you could say, Oh, Steelers Browns. That's that's there. It is. That's the only, t- but I don't, I don't the, the, the 14th string quarterback of the Browns. I just can't do it. It doesn't excite me as much. And I know it might excite some other people that do, do this podcast more. So I will go with my team, the New York jets in desperate straits, heading to orchard park to face the bills. And uh, you know, listen, Let's start with the Bills. There had to be a fall guy. Well, there didn't have to be. But in the case of Sean McDermott, he decided it was Dorsey, his offensive coordinator, who is a part of the problem, not the solution. So he sends him out the door. And, you know, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Shook set against the backdrop of what's going on with the Jets, where the fan base is going nuts, clamoring for some type of change as they are. Some of their, if you look at some data points, the Jets are a historically bad offense. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been games now without a touchdown. Zach Wilson has five touchdown passes all season. Uh, they obviously shot themselves in the foot with a late turnover that got him beat by the Raiders. Shook. So here's the situation now. You have uh, the Jets who should be making changes but won't against uh, a Bills team that maybe surprisingly made a big change when they could have stayed the course and try to straighten the, the boat out. Both teams desperate for a win here. Here, Yeah, what this comes down to, at least in my opinion, is is a change worth a change just to make a change? Because <laughs> what's your second option? Tim Boyle? Like, is that really going to fix all your problems all of a sudden? I don't think so. Uh, and I have to defend Zach to a degree, even though, you know, like you said at the top of the show, they're selling Zach Wilson Kool-Aid somewhere because it's probably tastes terrible. But the thing is, every once in a while, you get a swig where oh, you're so I can't parched. Do this anymore. I can't do it. You're so parched. Why are we doing it's this? Still? Just quenching enough. Why are like, we still maybe. doing this? Have, they I don't, don't know, score touchdowns, no Shook. They can't they score. And you can't, like, because he makes a no look pass and makes a couple throws, you, people do drink the Kool Aid. It's coming from. Florin Park and people saying, oh, don't look at the quarterback. It's it's a it's a greater thing. And yes, it's not just him, but it's it's long overdue that they should have made a change by now. And that's the frustrating thing, because I think it's going to be the Jets defense in this game, Greg, which has always uh, in the Robert Sala era really done well for the most part against the Bills. And I'm just interested to see how the Bills offense looks different here. And if the Jets continue to bring pressure and uh, really getting close to must win territory for them. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks to week one when we previewed this game and went through all the numbers 
of how poor Josh Allen has been against Robert Sala defenses. Like he, he's basically great in every other matchup and against this Jets defense, he's been terrible. And then you think back to what actually happened in week one and how this season has played out. And I think the Jets defense should have a, a ton of confidence in keeping this game under 20. And if I'm the bills, are we confident that their defense is going to show up because this touchdown list streak that the jets are on, it's 36 straight drives. These are the defenses you've gone against. The Giants, one of the very worst defenses in the league statistically. The Chargers, one of the worst defenses in the league statistically. Uh, And then last week against the Broncos, uh, against the Raiders rather, uh, not one of the worst defenses in the league, but in the bottom 10. So they're doing nothing against mediocre defenses. Buffalo, this is your chance. Even despite your injuries, you should be able to go out there, Sean McDermott, and kind of win the game on that side of the ball, get a little more of a pass rush than they've been getting. I, I really think that's been ignored uh, too much in Buffalo, and it's why they've been so mediocre. Here's some data points. Here's some data points uh, to back that up. The Jets have more turnovers than touchdowns, six to five, inside the opponent's 50-yard line. They're the fourth lowest third down conversion rate in the past decade through nine games, 25%. Lowest third and short, third and one or th- one or three conversion rate, Ever, 25%. Red zone conversion rate of 23% would be the lowest since at least 2,000. So, yeah, this is set up well, Shook, for a, a get-right game for the Bills, right? Because they're at home. They're they're mad. They made this change. They get maybe some type of bounce off that offensive play caller. But can we trust the Bills at this point, To especially at home? We've watched so many games. When we were in London, Shook, you did it with Claybon that the Sunday night game against the, the Giants. You never know what version of this team shows up in Orchard Park right now. Yeah, that's my biggest issue with them is they don't know who they want to be. They lack an identity that explained a lot of why they fired Ken Dorsey. And you think it should be a get right game, at least in your defensive matchup, as opposed to what you're facing on offense, because that Jets defense is the only thing that's kept them in any game. And the way the Bills offense, the state of it right now, I'm not confident at all. Not to mention the fact that they've had Josh Allen's number dating back to last year. Like that was his worst setups for the most part, his worst matchups were against the Jets who just somehow had figured him out, caused him to make a lot of mistakes. Well, now those mistakes have bled over into other games, into Monday night's game against the Broncos. You look at where they had an explosive three-week stretch. That was over a month ago. Since then, they've just been an average offense. They don't run the ball well, and even when they do run the ball well, they're turning the ball over way too much like they did on Monday night. I just have no real faith in this team outside of Josh Allen, and when he's turning the ball over, which leads the league in turnovers, leads the league in interceptions – then where do, you, where do you go? Because he they go as he goes. And right now, he's not going very far, no matter who the offensive coordinator is. And against this defense, I just don't feel very good about their chances. Not saying that they're not going to win the game, but I think we're in, in line for a very low-scoring game, kind of a boring game, unless you're a fan of defense. The over-under here is 39 and a half. Let me... Uh, That's too high. Let me some under the there. And the, seven. the Bills are seven-point favorites. This is not lockable. I, I, I would not have wanted to... Anyways, I thought it was crazy when they were seven and a half point favorites going into Monday night, the way that they were coming into that game. They didn't even win the game straight up. I think that's a lot of disrespect for the Jets based on uh, this this matchup. But uh, man, whoever loses here gets a sixth loss. And it does start to feel a little late for either. Mm -hmm. Not quite done, but getting close for whoever loses. We got to move on. But I just want to ask one question to you, Greg, because I'm thinking again, I thought the Dorsey firing was curious. Like, what do you think is going to be? What, how you think the offense might change? Like what, what are things that, that, that haven't looked right other than just the sloppy play and turnovers? Like wh- right. scheme wise, what, what's going to be the change? Run here? the ball more, I Whatever. guess, but I they mean, were running, about the, they were running the ball. Guy. I just feel like that's what McDermott wants, but they were running the ball 
plenty and they ran the ball well, for instance, on Monday night. So it, they just kept, you know, dribbling it. And Josh Allen, you know, he said it was very <laughs> it was personal to him, that firing, because he did uh, essentially handpick Dorsey as the guy. Maybe that's the biggest message McDermott could send because he's not going to bench Josh Allen. And he's been the kind of the focal point, a lot of the inconsistency. So you get rid of his guy to send a shot. Or maybe just leave your defense on the field for a field goal in a hurry up situation like basically every other coach would have done. So that's Sean McDermott too. That was the game of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook and use code ATN. That's code ATN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Shook, you're up. Second overall pick. All right. Well, you left this gift to me, the one game between teams with winning records. That is Brown Steelers going over on the shore. I had a debate the other day, shore or shores of Lake Erie. It's neither here nor there. Duffy. That's where they'll play the football game right along one of the great lakes. And unfortunately for the Browns, some not great news delivered yesterday with Deshaun Watson season ending shoulder injury and subsequent surgery. Now they're turning to Dorian Thompson Robinson, which means this game went from being an expected Browns victory by some uh, a- a- analysis. I don't know. I mean, it, they, they were, yeah, way. four. I think they were three, three to four points. Right now they're one point favorite. Yeah. yeah. One. That's, that's what Watson is. Even, you know, in his up and down season, that's what he was worth. One at home. You don't even get the home field advantage in the line there. So uh, I think this is going to be a tight one. And I think it's gonna be very interesting to watch because you got two solid defenses. Brown's one of the best defenses in the NFL. Steelers, not too far behind, maybe not statistically, but they are opportunistic. What do they do to Pittsburgh's offense? Pittsburgh's offense, which has been stuck in the mud for the majority of the season, finally figured out how to run the football against the Packers last week. Are they able to replicate that again? Because if they do, then it shifts in favor of the Steelers. And if they don't, then I don't know what DTR is going to do. So I have no idea what this Browns offense is going to look like. We're in for an unpredictable affair on the shore or shores. <laughs> the the over-under is is a joke on this game. It's 33. We don't normally say the over-under for every game, but that 33? That, that is a historically... Yeah. <laughs> low number. I get it. I have more optimistic um, optimism about Dorian Thompson Robinson. Number one, because he played well enough in the preseason and in training camp to believe they really found their guy. They, they were so excited about him. They traded away Josh Dobbs and there really was a lot of internal excitement that like, Hmm, I could also like, tell you they have a bad eye. Right. I'm just saying like, he showed, he showed that. something. Yeah. It was an absolute disaster in that game uh, that he started against the Ravens. He didn't know till that morning that he was playing, if you guys remember, and Watson practiced throughout the week, too. And the fact that they went back to him here shows a little bit of confidence. So I guess I'm just not assuming that he's a total train wreck. I, I'm allowing for a possibility that he could be effective, in part, Dan, because yes. when I went back to watch, and I watched all of Watson's snaps on the on the coaches film the last two, two weeks, because I'm just fascinated by this team, and Stefanski's coaching the hell out of this team. There are open guys, even with backup tackles, they were winning the line of scrimmage against the Ravens. And a lot of it was first read, quick throws, good coaching all around. So I have some optimism that maybe he can coach around and that they'll at least be respectable, kind of like they were with PJ Walker. It's like they weren't the worst offense in the league with PJ Walker. Yeah. And you know, it should also be pointed out that this, this Watson thing dropped like a hammer. So it's not like, Thompson Robinson is getting a full week here either. It's kind of, they're trying to get him up to speed and, and I'm sure it's still a bit shocking that all of a sudden he's the guy again in the middle of this division race, but the Pittsburgh defense is yes. As as Shook said, if they're not statistically at the top people that are watching these games, you understand that this is a defense that's getting better making plays and they have to, because the Steelers have 
this is a crazy stat, by the way. The Steelers have had fewer than 400 total yards in 57 straight games. Oh, um, they are averaging just 318 yards per game in wins since 2022. That's the fewest in the NFL. They rank last in point differential, negative 26, and total yard difference, negative 865, among the current winning teams in 2023. And among, uh, so they have, <laughs> they're averaging 17 points per game uh, this season. It, so they are playing with fire, and they're getting by because they uh, create turnovers. They have a plus 10 differential. They're tied with Cincinnati for number one, 18 takeaways. And that's what's going to come down to, I think, in this game is, can the Pittsburgh defense once again pull a rabbit out of the hat and, and take advantage and feast upon a young quarterback without a lot of experience? Right. Nick, I want your take on the Steelers offense because I, I actually think they've looked much better since their bye. That those stats, yes, they have in top 400 yards. Like, they're not explosive, obviously, but they've run the ball really well the last two weeks, including against the Titans, who are a great run defense. Broderick Jones, their first-round pick, they put into lineup. He, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, who uh, does the Chargers game. Uh, he's the Chargers. No, no, Matt Money Smith does the. No, it's just, it, it's also Jeremiah. Um, used to be a I scout. Don't think you're right about yeah, that. Yeah, used to be a scout I somewhere. Think, I think the info's off. Um, and Who? you know, Jalen Warren. They they made <laughs> they, st- they started about Jeremiah. <laughs> they started Jalen Warren over Najee Harris. They like announced them as the starter, which was interesting. Like they told them before the game, you're going to get introduced with the starters over. And and Pickett's been better actually since their bye week. I just went to check it. EPA per play on offense, 11th. Doesn't surprise me, Nick, because they're actually moving the ball. They're not explosive. They don't score touchdowns, but almost all their drives have like four or five first downs and they move it 40 yards and then they kick a field goal. They're not that bad on offense. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. And and I think you just laid out exactly why they've you know made incremental improvements. Roger Jones, one of my favorite tackles in this past class, uh, mm. all combine team member. Nice little plug there. Uh, he he's made. You make the all combine team, Shook. I yes, I do. Yes, that is that was quite a response. I know you would appreciate it, Shooky, because nobody knows line play better than you. The the pull that he had on that one Warren run, I believe, or what maybe it was Harris last week. I was like, man, there are very few guys as athletic as that dude. Yeah, and it's a great segue into why that really matters. This offense is the fact that Jalen Warren's the better running back of the two, and they use them complementary in a complimentary role in the last week. And I think that going to Warren as your more explosive guy, who's a little bit harder to bring down is the ideal thing to do. He's just got more juice in his legs right now. He's, he's the one who's able to shoulder the load. It's not to say that Najee's not going to be a part of it, but both of them matter a lot because when they couldn't run the football, when they didn't have Roger Jones in the lineup, it was all on Kenny Pickett and it's on Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada, who is one of the play callers you don't want to pick. He's about last on the list for you to call a play on third and eleven or even third and two when the game's mm. on the line, as they saw in week two against the Browns. So the running game has been the most important part for them. It's given Kenny a little bit more time, a little bit less pressure to go be a hero. But again, I do have issues with them because when they're still you know, behind the sticks, it often just resorts to Kenny dropping back and throwing a bomb down the sideline to either Deontay Johnson or George Pickens in one-on-one. And you, know, you got a 50-50 shot at best at some of those plays, but they're in a better spot now than they were before. And I think that actually speaks to why the Browns went to DTR. Because hmm. PJ Walker has been a turnover machine in his games. Yeah, he's kind of you know kept them going a little bit, but he's turned the ball over a ton. This is Steelers defense <laughs> that's going to turn you over. And if their offense has gotten even a little bit better, suddenly you're on the flip side of that and you're looking at uh, an uphill battle. So it's going to be interesting, guys. Greg, you wanted PJ Walker to be so good so bad. He's he's your guy. He's I, right up your alley. I was pretty hot. I was pretty excited about DTR in the preseason. <laughs> I have some tweets I, I regret yeah. about that. So uh, I'm excited. I just you know. I wish for him uh, that he had easier matchups in his first two 
games, division matchups against uh, good defense. The third overall pick goes to Greg. Okay, I am going to take the Houston Texans, nearly the team of ATL, five-point favorites. Always the bridesmaid. At home against the Cardinals. And uh, I'm surprised they're only five-point favorites. That that week. That is... Yeah, that is uh, what you're saying. That's a bad three pick. No, I'm just, uh, it's, no, it's it just tells you a lot about the week. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. My next pick actually maybe is a, is a better game, but this one has Kyler. Yep. And this one has CJ Stroud. There so just looking for entertainment value early. I think this is going to be a watchable game, and I think you know we've talked about how fun the Texans are to watch every week. Stroud is better over the last few weeks, I believe, because the line is healthier. That's made a huge difference for them. And I think about this matchup against the Cardinals and their defense, which does not get a lot of pressure on you. Stroud has gone from like good if by the eye test and good on film to like the numbers are outrageous because, oh, by the way, he has an all pro left tackle and the rest of the line's healthy. Shaq Mason's playing well this year and they're in a different spot and you're going against a Cardinals defense that is still terrible. Like they still can't stop anyone, including even the Falcons last week. And so I think this is going to be a fun game to go watch my guy tank Dell be better than anyone gave him any right to be. I think it's like, it's been a fun little story, Nick, but I think he has a little more staying power as like a difference making wide receiver. Your guy, my guy, I don't know. I don't know why he's everyone. Another one. Oh, Shook, he's on fire right now. I'm all on fire. Uh, he, he's one of the receivers that I thought would make the quickest jump in the NFL uh, because his route running is so precise. He's in great sync with CJ Stroud. They're a really fun pairing to watch. And CJ Stroud's a blast to watch with everybody he throws the football to. It's been Noah Brown for the last two weeks because he didn't have Nico Collins last week. It sounds like he won't again, most likely. Nico Collins missing practice. He got hurt in practice. And that practice. doesn't worry me at all. Yeah, not in this matchup, at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, the... uh, I, I think it, it. Go ahead. No, I was keep uh, finish that point. Go ahead. Well, I think it's interesting because you have two quarterbacks that are on trajectories in this game with CJ, who's having a great year, who's going to win offensive rookie of the year. But then you have Kyler who, you know, he didn't throw a touchdown pass in his return game, but he looked good. Like he looked fresh, healthy, could operate this offense. And you could tell how badly the Cardinals needed him. So I'm not counting the Cardinals out of this game, but I think the quarterback duo, you know, the, the battle here is just really intriguing for a game that on paper otherwise doesn't seem really all that captivating. Yeah, and I did like, and there was a quote along those lines with uh, a conversation Gannon and Kyler had before his return, you know, like, basically, turn me loose. Let me be Kyler. I don't want to be a minimized version of myself to to protect my body. They're going to really get a look at him here, so we're going to see if he continues to move well, because I thought he really did look good in that first game. On the Texans side, yeah, we talked about Noah Brown, who, who's producing, like, I don't know, C.D. Lamb the last couple of weeks. I don't exactly expect that to continue, but I think that's such a sign and give Noah Brown a ton of credit, but that you, when you have a big time quarterback, how he can elevate players uh, from Jags to something much more Um, And the running game. I want to see if this continues because there was a lot of uh, excitement. I don't know. Excitement's a strong word uh, around Damian Pierce, but an idea that Pierce was a guy that could be a pro bowl level running back or something in that world. And it really didn't happen. And then he got beat up. He's missed two games with an ankle. Devin Singletary has a huge game last week. If they can really, uh, Greg, get the running game in concert with Stroud, Mm. we are cooking and we might actually have something for real here in Houston. Yeah, I think they have a chance to win this division. They beat the Jaguars already. I don't think the Jaguars are great. And this is an interesting test, kind of a first test for them. They're on this roll. They're favored in this game. 
they need it to get to six and four and, and, and really get themselves entrenched in this playoff race. You can't slip up. And the, the thing that's going to make the difference for me, for them down the stretch, can their defense matter? Like they've been a very up and down defense. Some day, some days they'll, they'll create a lot of plays. Some days they've been steamrolled like against Tampa Bay. And if D'Amico Ryans gets that group and it's a very young team, they've played more rookies overall than it snaps than any team in the NFL. If they can get their defense to matter a little bit, to be feisty down the stretch, to be average or a little bit better, then we're talking about a team that can go ahead and, and, and win a division, Shook, and, and can make some noise. Yeah, I think that quarterback play alone plus a defense that has some potential uh, gets into the conversation. They're a game behind the Jaguars right now, and if they rolled the ball out right now and played, I, I wouldn't. I would have a tough time picking either team. In fact, I might even lean Texans just with the way they've been playing. As I mean, they late. trounced them the I first think, time too. It's a little bit of a kind of like, a, yeah. oh, hey, this is I just, something. I just think of the symmetry. They just missed out on the first overall pick and then took Stroud with the two. They just missed out on being the team of ATN. They finished second there too. The chip <laughs> on the shoulder of the mm. Houston Texans is something to keep an eye on. As Three well. straight home games, including the Jaguars next week. So that's a big game next week. Okay. I am going to take the Seahawks, a one-point favorite across the sidewalk against the Rams. Okay. Always one of my favorite matchups. I went and when they used to... Remember they used to fly me to games sometimes to like cover oh, them just as a reporter. God, I think about it all the time. Uh, pitch me. I was there when the Rams won, won the division in Seattle uh, years back, and I and I always think Sean McVay owns Pete Carroll, and it happened again in Week One. He's owned this matchup in general, so why I'm a little, I'm not, I'm a little surprised the Seahawks are are one point favorites here because the Rams are three and six, the Seahawks are six and three, but I don't see these teams as too far apart when you have a healthy Matthew Stafford who is practicing fully this week. He is back and it is a monster game for both these teams. If the Rams want any hope of kind of sneaking into the seven race, they, they got to win this week. They got the Cardinals and then DTR the next week. Potential for a run. The Seahawks after this week have 49ers at Dallas at 49ers Eagles. It could get gotta have it. dark if you don't win this game. And I can't imagine Shook that like Seahawks fans feel incredibly confident about this game because they're not rushing the passer well. And if you don't get after Stafford, he can do things like what happened in week one when it was the Puka Nakua breakout party. Now he's got Puka and Cooper Cup to go against this defense. What you mean he didn't see Leonard Williams first sack as a Seahawk last week? Okay, What's going on? Okay. I didn't I'm see a kidding. lot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't no, that exciting. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh I I I was curious about this line because if you look at the Rams on the surface, you think, well, the Seahawks are in a better position then, but they got the return of Matt Stafford at the worst possible time. I mean, they could have had Brett Rippon. They could have had anybody else. They signed off the street, play quarterback for the Rams. And you think it's an easy Seahawks win, but because Stafford comes back all of a sudden, everything is back in play. And you talked about the history uh, with Sean McVay versus the Seahawks. So I think that kind of uh, adds an element of surprise and intrigue to this game that Otherwise, on paper, doesn't look all that great. I'm just happy to see Stafford oh, back. I hope he's fully you. healthy. I want to see him throw the ball down the field. These are two of my favorite teams to watch. There's a bit of a Rosenthal tag yeah, when the Rams are involved. And Come the Seahawks. On. These are Come two on. entertaining teams to watch. They can throw the football. Well, we could we could understand the Seahawks side of it, but you yes. you you, yeah. you have there's a Rams Rosie tax. I but with Stafford back, yes, I I just hope he comes back and he's Stafford that we saw earlier in the season and not a guy that's a 30-something quarterback who's starting to get beat up as the season goes along because he has been 
there's an issue with, you know, keeping him clean here. He's been pressured on over 42% of his dropbacks this year. That's third highest in the NFL. That can't be happening with Stafford. And uh, he's not the type of quarterback that can endure that. And and Seattle's, the data points backs up that Seattle has a pass rush here that uh, they, they're top five in sacks. They, I, I swear it's all from yeah. that Giants game. It's like they got 14 sacks that day and it was like, that's they're, it. They're top 10 in, in sack percentage rate. So it's not like they're, they're foreign to getting to the quarterback, but I think that's the key here. And, and I'll be watching to see if Stafford actually looks like Stafford because the Rams being watchable at all kind of hinges on him. Yes. And Gino similar, similarly, it, like most quarterbacks, it's all about the pressure rate. Like he entered last week, Dan, I think it was top four in terms of the pressure rate he's faced this year. And he's just not the same guy. He's not making decisions. He's trying to get rid of the ball. The Rams don't have a great pass rush. They have Aaron Donald. They have Byron Young, but they're inconsistent overall as a team. If you protect Geno, you can build on on what happened last week. So kind of whichever team, to me, can get a little heat. The Seahawks have more money invested, more picks invested up front. Like, they should be better and should get after Stafford. I guess I like the Seahawks to even it out, but I don't feel confident in this at all. Shuck, who, who would you pick? Um, I'm going to go Seahawks. Uh, it's contingent upon whether the, the Seattle coaching staff gets a little bit more of the rollout game going for Geno. It's mm. not that it's his greatest strength necessarily, but I think you're going to have to roll him away from some interior pressure. And, uh, you know, you saw that touchdown pass and that highlight there. That 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 would look good if they did that a little bit more often instead of asking him to just drop back and find somebody down the field. It's so it's it's up and down, not to the extremes with him, but there are games in which he's great on the first scripted drive. And then you get to the second quarter and the third quarter and he disappears. And then he wakes up in the fourth quarter and leads another great one or two drives to get them, you know, close to winning or winning the game. It's so it's not super consistent, but I also understand everything that's going around him right now. And if I have to compare that to the Rams, I don't know the condition Stafford's in. Mm. He's been out for a while. Uh, I'm going to go Seahawks. I've already rethought it. I'm going to pick the Rams on the on NFL game day view. Everyone should check that out Friday afternoon. Good on plug. Network. And Shook mentioned that uh, he saw it on the video there, a highlight. that This is uh, this show every Thursday is on a fast channel. In addition to where else, Eric? Give me all the data points necessary to get this plug right of our um, own brand. Well, fast is an overall encompassing kind yes. of thing. So, you know, you, like your apps, your NFL. Any fast channel. About. Yes. And then oh, we're also the NFL channel, the whether NFL you got channel, Roku. Just, I yeah. got Roku. So you it's, can't get this on like the Baywatch channel, which my no. TV defaults to. No. But it's a lot of good stuff in that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, obviously YouTube, of course. Can uh, I just say, like, not to, I just asked for the plug and now I'm going to um, ruin it. Um, I turned on my TV today. Always defaults to the Baywatch channel. I don't change it. Um, and on today's episode, and most of these were shot in the early 90s, David Spade, uh, the SNL actor, comedian, plays at the heavy. He plays a bully mm. on the beach. And you just want to think Spade. What? Spade would be playing the heavy. But he did, and he, he was kind of a bully. But yeah, I, I hear you. What is like the the Showtime minute thing from? Yeah, just that he would always update? make yeah. fun of people, you know. But he was playing like the heavy, yeah. like the enforcer, and I was like, oh, that maybe we could have went in a different direction with the casting on that one. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the, yeah. so where do people <laughs> yeah. see this? YouTube, Fast Channels, NFL Network, um, all that fun. Okay. Stuff. Good. 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 Um, NFL.com. There you go. Aaron, last last couple thoughts. Aaron Donald on a heater. Uh, he has three sacks in the last two weeks. He leads the Rams, as you would expect, in hurries and sacks with five and a half. And the 12s will represent this game. We might get 40,000 Seattle fans in that building. So I think that could swing it. I got the I got the Seahawks by a field goal. What's the spread on it? It's one. Seahawks by one. All right, let's take a break, and then we will continue the draft. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we are back. We are back. You would think with the the Baywatch episodes that they would lean really hard on shark attacks, but they really do restrain themselves. Maybe this is like like a kind of a smart TV. You know, it's kind of like your Instagram algorithm. Right. They realize if they start the Baywatch, you'll watch for 20 minutes. Right. So you're feeding into it. You're like one of those guys who's like, <laughs> how come they keep showing me all this, uh, you know, messed up stuff on my Instagram algorithm? It's like, that's because that's what you like. I want to make it clear also, though, because I remember as I lived through it, I grew up during when Baywatch is the biggest show in the world in syndication. Never watched the show. And no. people that watch it were like, Oh, look at the babes on the show. And sure, CJ, played by Pam Anderson, total babe. But I watch it for the plot. It's, there's oh. just, it's wild, the writing on that show. Please check out Baywatch on the Fast Channels, but mostly check out our show. Start with our show and then check in on Baywatch. All right, now let's get back to the draft. Chucky. We yeah. are going Buccaneers 49ers. Okay. A game that you you look at and think, eh, I don't know. Why would you pick that so early? And I'm there's, picking There's it only three late games. Reason. You got to pick one of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we are beholden to that late schedule. Uh, I would love to see Baker Mayfield put together a game that finally convinces the doubters, including those in Tampa, that he is good enough to be their quarterback. Mm. Now, he's dealt with a lot of struggles on okay. the offensive side, many of them not his fault. They can't run the football. I feel like I just keep talking about teams that can't run the football today, but the Buccaneers certainly cannot run the football. He also had to deal with Mike Evans, Evans drops last week. It's been kind of up and down, but he's a gamer. He's scrappy. That's what made people love him in Cleveland. And they would have loved him in Carolina, but he wasn't on the field for all that long before he was replaced. Well, he and was they're going to love him in Tampa. <laughs> and this is going to be the game. Why I know Greg, and I'm just going to push all that away. Cause I'm not even a Baker fan, but I think he deserves a little bit more credit than what he's gotten for his performance this year. And what better way to do it? Then against the 49ers, who, by the way, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win this game, but it would be fun to see that happen. And it would also be a little bit concerning for the 49ers who just dominated the Jaguars last weekend. Well, how many years has Baker been in the NFL now? Is this his 18 was his first. Uh, So this is his best year since 18. And there's not even a debate about it. He is playing consistent. And I would dare say winning football, like not making bad decisions getting rid of the ball in time, occasionally a big-time play. Like, if you put this version of Baker Mayfield, and then you also sent Dave Canales, who I think has done a nice job as the offense coordinator. Hell, send the Bucks offensive line, too. We're totally changing this scenario, but you sent them to the Jets? Mm-hmm. They're 7-3. and three. Like, he, he is playing Dalton-scale, median starter football that you can actually, I think he's been pretty reliable, Dan. You kind of know what you're getting each week. He hasn't had any bad, really bad games. I've had a total um, turnaround in my viewpoint of Baker this season. I I was never a big fan of his. Even last year, I thought it was oversold a little bit. The excitement around the Rams cameo, which had a couple moments, but also a it lot of oversold. bad Baker. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. this Baker has really, I don't know. I've just been impressed. He's kind of doing it. I think it helps him that it's just a little lower profile. It's down in the NFC South and he's just, he has some some dogs to throw to, and and he's not perfect because he never has been and never will be. 
but playing in that division um, with with the talent that he has around him, which isn't an overwhelming amount of talent, but enough. Uh, yeah, he. I think there's a compelling kind of fun nature to their offense. Uh, that takes on his personality. And now they have I mean, to play the 49ers. Morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. <laughs> now they have to play the 49ers and Javon Hargrave in this defensive line who's kind of getting the, the second time around, Nick, like of, of their fully formed group with Chase Young. Yeah, it, they were pretty scary last week, and I expect them to only get better uh, going forward. It's going to be a real test of the Buccaneers' offensive line because whether they can run the ball or not, they're going to have to protect Baker Mayfield. They have to do enough offensively to stay in this game. Their defense has been... Pretty good for the most part, save for that Houston game this year. So I think that they'll be competitive on that side of the ball. But, man, it's really going to come down to whether they can protect Baker. He's they, got the, the ability in him to extend the play and avoid these situations. But he can also, he's prone to make that turnover and try to be a hero. He's best when he operates in control. That's when he's really gotten this offense going. I think the Niners are going to do a really good job of getting him out of control. And mm. he could get ugly. They are 12-point favorites, the 49ers, in this game, which is crazy. I did want to mention... The last few weeks, Kalijah Kansi, their first-round pick, five tackles for loss in the last two or three weeks. Vita Vea is playing like peak Vita Vea. And so suddenly, you got those two guys. You got Shaq Barrett. You got Yaya Diaby. I mean, yeah. what a name. Uh, making some plays over the last couple of weeks. You can kind of see it. Bowles was extremely aggressive last week against the Titans, but that was a rookie quarterback. Will he, will he stay that way? They're, they're starting to build something. Yeah. And I think they're the best team in the division, even though they're about to be four and six. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, on the Niner side, again, with watching Brock Purdy, and that was a, an important game for him coming off the bye in a three game losing streak. And then his first uh, red zone throw, he's flushed out of the pocket. He, he's heading towards the sideline. He sets his feet. He throws late and across the middle into coverage and somehow it rests in the hands of Brandon Ayuk in the back of the end zone. And then they made a good point on the, on the Fox telecast, which was, you know, uh, heads up on this. Uh, he threw 33 interceptions at Iowa state. Like, so he, he is always going to be kind of putting the ball for grabs at times, but then he also, I thought he played a really, really strong game overall, including the, the, the touchdown pass to George Kittle was just a thing of beauty. So um, I'll be interested to see if he starts to get on a heater again, but I guess, I, I guess we should be understanding that interceptions are going to be part of his game and not to be too shaded by them. Cause he's not afraid uh, to take chances. Mm, let's go bowls. Asans. He's going to have opportunities. Make this Defense a game. Make this a game. Have, yep. Make defenses will game. always have opportunities uh, against Brock Purdy. Do we have, by the way, cause it was funny watching it. Cause this was the last game I watched. I watched it this morning, actually. Um, they took Purdy out of the game. It's a blowout. They're killing the Jaguars. And they put in the backup quarterback, but they still have the highest paid running back in the history of football out there trying to set the consecutive touchdown streak uh, record. He was, he was tied um, and he couldn't do it. And it was painful because in the last possession, he gets brought down. I think it was an incompletion right near the goal line. Uh, I like the quote by CMC after the streak was snapped. Yeah, I suck. Everyone else on the team scored. <laughs> Except for me. When the fullback scores on a 20-yard touchdown pass and you don't get the end zone, it might be time to step away. But I don't know. I thought it was also funny that, and, you know, keeping it real, like uh, Kyle Shannon was like, no, like, I, I got to get this dog a score, even if it risked everything. And it just, it's funny how they won't let these guys play in the preseason. Right. But if there's a record, an individual record on the line, uh, you're running them out there 37-3. Right. And he like immediately when they shook hands with Doug Peterson was trying to like explain, Hey, I hope you understand what we were doing. We were trying. He's like, yeah, I understood it, bro. And then just like wanted no part. Screw you. Man. 
<laughs> All right, let's move on. It was fourth down, by the way. It was fourth. I mean, he did four straight plays. The whole thing was yeah. just so ridiculous. Fourth was, down. I, I, I didn't hate a, it. That was a bad job by me. I, I Sometimes you leave on Sunday nights and you think, uh, like, I left that one on the table. Forgot uh, to mention that. Well, look, this is why we're a team. Came back. Thanks, bro. Took care of it. Right up top, bro. There we go. What is this? This is gross. What are you doing? Uh, I gave him a lot of extra touches of his fingers. All right, let's move on. Um, see, that's why I got to check out this show. And if we can get a tight shot, a replay, maybe at the end of the show, that'd be amazing. Um, I'm up. I got a double dip here. And let's start with, I like this. No one took Chargers Packers? That's right. I'm surprised. Still there. Uh, Chargers getting three points here. Um, I agree with what you said. Uh, we were doing our little, uh, what you people don't realize, Greg. I was really encouraged by Jordan Love's um, performance last week. I know that they didn't win, um, but you really saw uh, him seeing the field well, I thought, making some, uh, you know, going through progressions, uh, buying time. He's obviously got a great arm, and I'm not saying he's perfect, and he's not, and of course you can't um, not look at the two targets at Watson late that cost him the game, uh, but from a, a broader scope, I think there is room for growth there, so uh here they, here they are getting a chance against the Chargers and a, a much maligned shook Chargers defense that uh, Brandon Staley now is starting to feel the heat and answering questions about what, are you gonna, what changes are you going to make? He is the defensive-minded coach. So uh, I think there is a path here for the Packers to gain some momentum on the off mm. offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is not a shot across the bow toward you and your Jets, Dan, but... I, I had to write a post last week about Brandon Staley believing that the Chargers were turning a corner defensively because their pass rush was there and everyone's healthy and everything's great. Right. I'm sitting back thinking, man, you played the Jets offense. Yep. This is not going to last. You guys are a sieve and they were a sieve, of course, this week. So uh, I do think it's a good opportunity for the Packers. And, and the, th the thing about love that really just I'm internally conflicted on this I have been for most of the year because this is how he played in week one to week two to week three. He shows these performances where he's, hitting guys down the field, dropping passes into the bucket, looking great, showing off the arm strength. He's throwing a pass while he's falling away downfield, <laughs> putting it exactly where Jaden Reed needs it to catch it. I mean, it was all good stuff, but then there's the turnovers, and it's the end-of-game stuff that has killed them this year, and I'm just not ready to get on board yet. I need a complete game from him front to back against a team that is not named the Chicago Bears for me to fully believe in him. <laughs> And this could be the moment. I know that the Chargers don't wear blue and orange. They wear powder blue and sometimes navy blue and gold. And they have a bad defense. But that could be enough of the, an optic switch for me to maybe just start to believe in Jordan Love. If they just tighten up some things, figure some things out, clean it up a little bit, the short completions that end up incomplete because they bounce off of receivers' hands, whatever it is, I'll feel a lot better, even though their season is not really going anywhere. I'll feel better about his trajectory. And this seems like the right situation for it. Yeah, this has potential to be an ugly loss for the Chargers. I feel like basically the rest of this season, anytime the Chargers are a game under 500, I mean, they can't afford to get there again too often. Like it's starting to feel like go time for, for Staley. Like he, he kind of can't lose these games anymore, especially his defense coming up short. I just don't know who they are. I kind of bought the, that their defense was, was playing better because Bosa looked better, and they have they should have a good pass rush, but they got stoned last week uh, against the the Lions' offensive line. The Packers' offensive line's actually been playing a little better lately. Their their defense gives up a ton on the ground, like every handful of games. They gave up over 200. The Packers' defense, but I just don't trust 
Eckler and, and their running game to take advantage. Eckler, though, last week I thought had as much juice as I saw all season. On the other side, Aaron Jones might be becoming like a, a little bit of a of a problem there for him. I just don't yeah. think he's mm-hmm. he's Something the same guy. Yep. There was there was a yep. play he was caught from behind by a Landon Roberts last week and I was like, whoa, I've watched enough of a Landon Roberts in New England knowing like he should not be catching Aaron Jones from behind. This is a um, bit of a I talked about it, what you people don't realize how many coaches are have hot butts entering the second half. And I do think, yeah, Brandon Staley, definitely if the Packers don't find a way in this game, what, they would be three and seven at that point. They're really taking on water um, uh, in terms of the season and just something to keep an eye on. So, interesting. Guys, how, how early is it to dirt nap somebody? What do you mean? What is that? Well, like stick a fork in them? Yeah. Yeah. How, it, how early? It, you could you do could it right do it. now. If we you already want. had an episode. Who? Which one of the? Well, the Packers would not be a bold one. Are you sticking a fork in them? That doesn't. No, I'm for, I'm sticking a fork in the Chargers. Ooh. I, I, you wow. just said it. You don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. They need Keenan Allen to be a superhero to go win a shootout. Or actually, they lost the shootout, but to at least be competitive. Or they, Herbert. Give me more of that Herbert, though. There was a point in that game where I think he realized yeah, he what type great. of game he was in, and he was just kind of F you, Herbert. Uh, more of that. Yep. Um, more of that. A little less just, safe. But I'm with you. I picked them to make the Super Bowl in this AFC where they're like 11th right now. In, and there's so yeah. many teams. It was such a bad prediction. I feel wow. very confident they are not making the playoffs, even though they're they're actually about a thirty five percent chance according to the you know the projection models. To me, that thirty five percent chance yeah. of what making the playoffs, which is like oh, the same I think Super Bowl. No, of, like, hell no, no, of making the playoffs, which is like the same as the Bengals and some some of the teams in front of them, like the Texans. And I just I don't see it. I'm with you. They'll probably get to nine wins because that's the most annoying way for them to do it. But they're not gonna. It's not gonna happen. You, you know, no. smart football Twitter. Every year you guys get sucked in. By the Chargers every I actually, summer, every I actually single summer, taking a couple years off, and then I thought, okay, <laughs> nobody's on them this year. Everybody, I'm coming back, and everybody it, likes pours over the DVOA and this and that, and, and then all of a sudden, when the Ravens were sitting right there because we usually <laughs> love the Ravens too, and they were sitting right there. All right, <clears throat> uh, snakes to me, and uh, I just had to grab another game here. I'm going to be in New York this weekend. I'm taking the boys to see. Uh, my family, um, so might as well just uh, grab the other tri-state area team, the New York Giants at Washington. Um, yeah, I liked. Uh, I like this. Nothing. About, I don't care anything about the Giants. Although I do like, I like the the specter of Tommy DeVito, and we're going to talk about Tommy DeVito on the uh, NFL Plus um, Dreamatorium episode coming up later today. Uh, but on the Washington side, I do want to see. Uh, more from Sam Howell, as Colleen Wolf uh, rightly pointed out on Wednesday's episode. Uh, he leads the league in passing right now. Uh, he is playing a little bit smarter, taking less sacks in recent weeks. And uh, on again, on paper, this could be a game, uh, Greggy, where Howell lights up the Giants and at home, and all of a sudden he becomes something like more people are talking about. People are realizing the, the kind of season that Howell is quietly having here, it seems like a nice setup for him to to really roll. Yeah, this defense for the Giants, so they had that one or two weeks where they were capable, but Adoree Jackson is coming off a concussion. So is Kayvon Thibodeau. So is Jalen Hyatt. So they're banged up on top of everything else. They, this line actually started with them as like a 10 and a half point favorites, which is crazy 
that the Commanders would be a ten and a half point wow. favorite over anyone. It's actually dipped. I noticed now. Is it's, Mark Rippin the quarterback? Right. It's at eight and a half. Yeah. But that just shows you lot. where the Giants are at, and I and I get it. If if you gave Howell a better defense, they would have been good. Like the recipe was actually there for them, Nick. That if they weren't like the twenty fifth best defense in the league. The offense is giving them enough, but the defense just isn't. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, who are getting paid a lot, have had very little production over the last five or six weeks. So they trade away the edge guys, and the guys on the interior who get a ton of money aren't really playing that well. Yeah, and then I see this week they're working out another edge rusher, like they're already looking for plan B after trading away <laughs> both those edge rushers. It's, right. it's very obvious with them. Um, it's a bummer because... Sam Howell has exceeded every expectation I ever had for him by miles. Um, and he's getting better and better in the last few weeks, even though they only have one win to show for it. He's been accurate. He's made great throws. He's operated out of structure really well. Everything that Ron Rivera, you know, was saying was, was great about this kid, about somebody that he believes could be the future of the franchise. It's just that if they don't start winning games and Ron Rivera's not going to be around to see it through. They'll get so, to five and six uh, if they win this. So that's sort of in, that's barely in the mix, they will. but it's in the mix. And, and They'll we, win this one. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like, if you believe you have something in this young quarterback, you really want to think twice about blowing up the entire coaching staff and the offensive scheme. And, and, and maybe should we give this kid a chance to mature in the system. And I guess it's up to them to finish strong and make that, make a difficult decision for new ownership. Um, Terry McLaurin is an interesting guy in this offense because he um, is the best player on the offense. And yet he doesn't seem to get the ball enough. He actually had 90 yards against the Giants in week seven. That's his season high. He doesn't have a 100-yard game. Whoa. But this also, I think, kind of speaks to Howell that he's not a young quarterback just laser-locking in one guy. He actually, the commanders have six players that are over 250 yards receiving this year. That's wow. the most in the NFL. There's no other team that even has uh, more than five. So he is seeing the field, spreading the ball around. And would you like to see Scary Terry win a game single-handedly? Because he can, yes. Maybe that happens today. How about that for a prediction? 10 for 140 and a touch for scary. Well, Terry. all right. Ooh, I'm putting him into my fantasy win. lineup then. Oh no, don't do that. Well, he has been, he's been, okay. He's I Nostra Hansis. I, I got to play him. Shout out to uh Saquon, by the way, I think he is playing awesome as, as consistent as I think he's ever been in the NFL, not taking the tackles for loss, like taking what's there, getting extra running really hard in a completely unfair, brutal situation. So I, I appreciate that. The numbers aren't going to be crazy this year, but I, I think he's as good as he's ever I been. agree. And if you go back to one of the most grisly games in NFL history, Jets-Giants, uh, yep. I think one of the great feats that you will ever see is Saquon going for 120 or 130, right. whatever it was, when DeVito was in the lineup and they wouldn't let him throw. And that was, that's a good Jets front seven. And he still was finding holes and should have been able to put the game away, but uh, that's a whole other conversation. Brian Dable made a different decision. Um, all right, Shook, um, you are up, buddy. We are going to go uh, down the list to the old AFC South. We're going Titans-Jaguars okay. because who needs a bounce-back performance more than the team that only put three points on the board at home last week? It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a joke. Team at what a joke that game was by the Jags. Show up, oh, what guys. Joke. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Um, Trevor Lawrence is... Healthy enough to not be on the injury report, but not healthy enough to be as mobile as he needs to be behind an offensive line that's just not protecting well enough. The running game has disappeared for the most part. Dearness Johnson was the one carrying the load for them on the ground. So that's everything that you need to know about that. And defensively, a team that was very opportunistic about a month ago and suddenly isn't producing quite as many turnovers as you expect. 
I feel like I didn't see the Jaguars for like a month, even though I watch them every week uh, going into this <laughs> game. And when I watched this game, I thought this team six and two, <laughs> I know. like they're having a hard time. No, everything's hard for them. Well, so they need to bounce. They back disappeared to England back. and won twice to their credit, but yeah, the, yeah. And then they came back and there was a buy Greg. I it's, I think uh, Wes used to call it the Bermuda triangle. I think the Jags were one of these teams that, that kind of just didn't get the national spotlight. And we said it on Sunday, is this going to be now when it starts like the heat around Trevor Lawrence, like look at his, all his stats are really, really middling middle of the road as a producer in what was supposed to be a big year. We have not heard the avalanche of criticism on Lawrence. I don't think, and I think it, factors in that he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. This, so maybe that works out for once. Well, this is one of those games, Titans at Jaguars, because, yeah, it's kind of the Titans' last stand if they if they want to be at all involved in this division. Levis had a big comeback-to-earth game last week, and this is a tough matchup against a defense that until last week had been playing so well. But Lawrence plays like an old Doug Peterson quarterback. I was trying to think who, they remi- who they, this offense reminded me of, and it reminded me of the Kansas city chiefs with Alex Smith for those first two to three years, which was efficient, which was a little better than average. Actually like they, it, they weren't bad at the last season. Smith actually started bombing and playing out of his mind, but he was there for four years. People kind of forget how long of a run that was for Alex Smith there. And that was Doug Peterson running those plays. And that's what it reminds me of. Cause it's all horizontal. It's all getting rid of the ball. They don't trust their offensive line. Ben Solak of the ringer had a good stat that, they run the fewest amount of routes past 20 yards and that their average depth of targets are shorter than the rest of the league by far. Like there's not even a second closest team that's in the ballpark. And that's like with Trevor Lawrence, like why, why is he playing like Alex Smith? It's not good. Zay Jones, we should have mentioned um, previously was arrested. Actually, I think we just missed it with the time it happened on a misdemeanor domestic battery charge, something involving his mother, a, a disturbing, sad story, but he is on the practice field this week. And I, I think they're going to play him. He's missed six games was a key part of their offense a year ago in a row. So that that's a messy situation, but it doesn't look like the league's going to step. I, in. I thought, you know, watching that Niners game and it happens, the game got away from them. They're against a, a, a studly Niners team that was pissed off coming off a three game losing streak and a bye. Uh, but even when, the game, they're down four scores and yeah. they should be like at least getting, you know, some type of like momentum. It's third and 17. It's like right. fourth and fourth and 21. And you're throwing a three yard check down pass. It just, there was nothing there. And the, the data around Lawrence is he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league against the blitz this year. And, and I think one player shook that kind of is emblematic of their bad season. They're having um, their tight end, Evan Ingram, who I, I've always liked, he leads the team in receptions. He doesn't even have a touchdown this year. There's just no juice uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that was not supposed to be the case here. This is a conflict I deal with every week with QB index because the tape it, for most of his season has been better than the numbers suggested, but every, almost every game, and there was a very specific stretch of about three or four weeks, a month or so ago, uh, where he it was just near misses. Everything was just not quite where it needed to be, whether it was a receiver dropping a well-placed pass or Lawrence just missing a guy, not giving him enough space to catch the ball or not getting the ball out in time or throwing interceptions, whatever it was, just didn't quite fit. I thought they were starting to ascend and figure it out, and then they put a performance on like this. So I want to think that this is the fluke. This is the anomaly. Okay. Uh, it's the aberration in, in, in that we're gonna they're going to get back on track. They're going to beat the Titans but they're also going to face a front that could capitalize on a weak offensive line. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a challenge for them. 
I would, Greg, I, you know, you talked about everything being horizontal with that offense. I was so frustrated watching them. Why are you trying another screen for the ninth right. time when you know they're going to be there to blow it up? They had no reason to respect the deep shot. You have Christian Kirk on this team. You, you have Calvin Ridley on this team. These guys are fast. Take a shot. Why not? You have nothing to lose. So do that a little bit more. You'll probably get back to your winning weight. This is for the Titans fans, Shook. You do the QB index and you do it well every week on NFL.com. Um, yeah, Levis did come back to earth and he didn't have a big statistical game against the Steelers the week before, but was a monster. His debut, obviously. Uh, is the juice out of that uh, orange as well? Or can uh, we, they, is there they, something they, looking forward to? It's just one game. That's just, geez, played three, two have been good. Oh, so I'm asking the Mr. Okay, Mr. QB sorry, index. Sorry, sorry. I think the Steelers game was up and down, but I, there was a lot to like in that game. The the Tampa game, they just blitzed the crap out of him. I mean, they blitzed it over 50%. They knew that, it, look, we're going to stop the run and we're just going to send the house at, at Will Levis and force him to make a decision. And to his credit, he stood tall in the pocket and tried to get the ball out you know, on target a number of times, but that offense was just cut at the knees and they just didn't have much of an opportunity to, to keep up in a game that wasn't really a high-scoring affair. So um, I kind of foresee a similar product this week probably another touchdown than they scored last week, just because it's a division game that tends to happen. But the juice is not out of the, out of the fruit here. Cause what else are you going to do? You're going to go back to Ryan Tannehill. You might as well keep letting the kid play mm. and at least give you a Although shot. I watched that somebody, game and I thought you know, like if Tannehill was in there, would they be in, the, in that particular game? They probably, he probably would have handled Maybe. that better. Cause he's seen defenses I, like that. They, really they might've scored 10, but I wouldn't want to go back. Levis just showed too much. We got speaking of yeah. juice. We got juice in the legs of uh Derek Henry in November, 2023. Still got the juice in those legs. Hmm. I don't know about that either. A weird team. Jaguars favored by seven yeah. in this game. That's too much for a division matchup. All right, let's take a break and we'll finish out the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we are back, Greg. Uh, once again, back-to-back picks. Let's welcome the Miami Dolphins back into our lives. Okay. I missed them. You know, they went to Germany. Didn't go so well. Took a week off. 13 and a half point favorites over the Raiders. Wow. Miami. <laughs> a lot. But they did have a great um, injury report, I would say, this week with incredible injury. Devon A-Chain returning. They still have a, more injuries than you would like coming off a of bye week. Like the, the Chiefs literally don't have a player on their injury report. It's like, wow, it's week week 11. Hmm. And that's happening. That's remarkable. <laughs> I know. Uh, the Dolphins still have a, a, like five or six guys who aren't practicing, but they're all role players. A-Chain looks like he's back, and Armstead has been limited in practice, and that would be the biggest return for them. Uh, they're, they're going up uh, against a defense, which I think Patrick Graham has gotten the most out of. Max Crosby having an insane year. But when Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are saying, hey, Antonio Pierce told me, he went to Robert Spillane, and he said, Robert... Like, this defense is on you. That's our guy. If we want to build around one guy, it's Spillane. And I'm thinking, like, I get it. There's not many, over here. not many options, but they're overachieving. <laughs> and when you play a team like the Dolphins, even if the Dolphins were – they were 22nd in EPA on offense from week seven to nine, their last three games, which are tough matchups. I expect we get a return to the fun fire show against the bad team Dolphins. And I like that as my backup early game. That'll be fun. 
does that does that justify that that line there? Like that's that's a big spread. Like 13, that's disrespectful in the NFL. This is, this but, is a Raiders team oh, go ahead. that is playing for its coach. I'm just kidding. That's no, all I'm going. It's there. a little disrespectful, but I get it because of the way Miami's played bad teams at home. It's you know? on brand. Like, you know, they, they've proven they can bully teams that are at this level and below. And at home, yeah. coming off a week of rest, I think the, I think the Sharks have this one nailed. <laughs> I think this one's got the Raiders come down to earth and maybe 21-3 and end of quarter one written all over it. I can't disagree. <laughs> I mean, I think the Raiders, you, you guys see this from time to time when a coach gets fired, right? There's a little bit of juice, a little spark. Sure. Players play for their interim coach because the, they that call guy it the that was bump, is gone. Chuck. Exactly. You're right. I should have used There's been Lieberberg. Yeah. If you watch on our YouTube show, you can see, actually you can't see us because they're showing uh, Antonio Pierce right in the background. Our longtime friend and, and NFL photographer, Ben Lee, who's never listened to the show. And, and I never, never see will. him anymore. He's again. in a different part of the complex, but Ben, we're talking about you. Uh, how about Michael Mayer playing better last few weeks? Josh Jacobs playing better. Certainly the defense under Pierce. So I, if I had to choose, and I guess I do, uh, I have to pick a score for this game. I'm going to have the Raiders keeping it closer, like 11 points, you know, uh, sneak under that. Just want everyone to just, including you, Greg, because you need to pick the score. This All this optimism around the Raiders is still uh, <laughs> not a good roster with a mid-round pick rookie quarterback, uh, coach with no experience, yeah. and two wins against the New York teams in various states of destruction. At home, which is actually a legit. At home. Le yeah, legit. Home this, this, this is screaming at us. Hey, 50 burger, 50 burger coming. Okay. Let's be, let's get there too. The, the dolphins, while they've been chilling, have watched the bills lose a couple games here and they would be two games up in the loss column on the in the division. If they can win this game, it is right there in front of them for them to have a home game in the playoffs. It has been a long time for the dolphins to have a home game in the playoffs. If, if the Raiders, when I don't know when it was, if the Raiders stifle Miami here, I will personally apologize to Antonio Pierce and make sure that clip gets to okay. Raiders headquarters. All right. Uh, Greg snakes to you. Okay. I uh, am going to take, what am I going to take bears and lions? Actually, that's a pretty good game wow. with Justin Fields returning seven and a half points for the lions at home. That feels about right. This is a team that you can't really trust their offense. I mean, defense on a week to week basis. Like, are they going to get enough pressure? Justin Fields had been playing better. It's easy to forget, but he had those two big games in a row uh, right before he got hurt. And, right. and they've looked better as a team in general. They, they're good at stopping the run. They've been more competitive when, when other teams get back to pass in terms of their pass rush. Not great, but they had Montez Sweat. And competitive, even with Tyson Bajan at, at quarterback. They, they win a couple games. So this is a division matchup. These two sides, they, they know each other pretty well from the Eberflus matchups a year ago. And I want to see fields. I want to see him play well down the stretch. The bears want to see it too, because look, they're in a perfect spot. They got that Panthers pick. That's going to be the quarterback mm -hmm. and they can go try to win games with fields and then fields will raise his trade value and they maybe get rid of him what? in the off season. I think that's, that's interesting. Cause, and it makes it, so I mean, if massive, they have the one or the two pick, I feel like that's the, what they would do. Such, shook such a massive final uh, two months for the bears. It's, it's franchise shifting for potentially a decade uh, because you do have to make that decision, but, but you also, you almost like you're kind of caught in between because 
you need fields to play well. And then it makes the decision probably close to impossible at the end of the year, because the, if he plays well at the end of the year, you're going to bail on him at that point because you're so sh- sure of a college player. Uh, but that could be what they're hope. That's what they're hoping for. And if he conversely, if he tanks and he struggles and he gets or he gets hurt again, what is Justin Fields' trade value? That is a, a big offseason storyline to watch. But we're not yeah, there yet. interconnected. Everything's interconnected because you also have to think about if Justin Fields struggles, they're losing more games. Your coach could be fired. Your GM could be fired. Who knows who's making the pick? Like, right. Is ownership really that confident in this regime? In I don't know. I, it would be shot. Yeah, he would of- have to play so well down the stretch, I think, for them to not take a top two overall pick quarterback. I, I almost don't know what he could do. But but like I said, those two starts, it was against Denver and Washington. It was way back in weeks, what is that, four and five? Uh, and then he got hurt in week six against the Vikings. And and this is a defense, Nick, a, a little disappointing, I would say, on balance. Certainly a defense you can throw the ball against. I, I think we've seen that. They're, they're just not good in the secondary. They're playing Cameron Sutton and Tracy Walker at safety and – and Jacobs, like guys are, Those open. are guys I liked though. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I liked the way they played last working. year. They just haven't lived up to it this year. Yeah. It's not working. It's just not. And I look at their scores and their, the volatility is pretty big, just depending on opponent. And I have a hard time figuring out why um, Aiden Hutchinson is either making a big difference or he's, he's not like, and it, they're just facing somebody who can handle him. It's, I feel like he's always group. himself, but he needs help. And he's not like yeah. miles Garrett. I know he was a top two pick. He is like in the level below, like a pro bowler type, yes. but not like Micah Parsons or anything. And that's, that's fine. You're happy with that. Yeah. He just doesn't have to help the other side. So uh, the Lions, I, I thought about this last night, guys, and I, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I, I'm going to sound like a hater. If you look at their schedule and who they played this year, they haven't really been tested very much. And if you look at their remaining schedule, they're not really going to get tested that's, very much. Their biggest tests have been Kansas city and uh, God, the the Ravens and they got dominated there and their biggest tests remaining are going to be the two games in three weeks with Minnesota and Dallas. And but that's, that's not that's the week it. 16. So, so they have this stretch, yes. which is pretty interesting coming up where they'll be heavy favorites in every game. It's they all could in front be of like them. 13 and three. Yeah. And they, they could get, get their goal is because there, there will be those questions around them. I'm sure by the time January comes around, they'll be playing in the playoffs. Can they get that by? We'll see. But it, the, the schedule sets up well for them. Anything else? From this game. I, I did want to mention, keep an eye on Jamison Williams. I know it was like two for mm-hmm. 18 last week. It wasn't much, but it was the best catch of his season on a nice kind of comeback route in the middle of the field. They had a touchdown to him that was overturned. He had that big block on the Montgomery run. And the biggest thing is Dan Campbell this week, who's been so hard on him publicly, was like very positive about he's now one of the guys. He's coming in. He's doing the work. He's consistent. You can sound... He really started to sound confident in him. And and we know that um, Gibbs is the most explosive guy in their offense. But if they could get one more explosive guy, just a little more consistent. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamo starts making some plays and is like a, a fantasy factor here down the stretch. Just a little bit. Okay. I mean, that would be... That would be big. That would be huge for them. All right. Let's close it out, Shook. There's one game left. <laughs> oh, you we have, have the big... I know I have to take it. As soon as you picked the last game, I was like, oh, gross. <laughs> it is Cowboys at Panthers. And it is a test of how networks decide their broadcast crews because the Panthers at one and eight get the, one of the leading crews in the Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, wow. and Tom Rinaldi group wow. for this game. Hey, when that people ask is- Shook, P- 
People get mad and people say, oh my God, why do the Cowboys get so much coverage? The proof is in the pudding right there because they know the Cowboys yeah. will do a big number. So they put a big team on the game. They know they'll sell. They know they will get eyes on the television and, and then they can pitch it as well. Bryce Young's playing and everybody wants to see Bryce Young. Anybody who's no, watched the Panthers this season does. doesn't want to see very much more of no. Bryce Young and Frank Reich, who's supposedly taking over play calling duties again after waffling back and forth. Nothing's going to get any better here with that offense right now. There's there's too many issues, personnel deficiencies. We've been over it ad nauseum. But the big test for me, and I don't think it's going to be much of a test at all, but a lot of this Cowboys run, which has in, included phenomenal play on the part of Dak Prescott, has been at home. They have a huge home winning streak. They have not been as good on the road. Not saying that they're going to lose this game. I feel very confident in them because, again, Dak's playing some of the best ball in a long time. Uh, but it will be an interesting test to go down there. Carolina, go to Charlotte. Here, keep pounding from the 50 to 75% of the stadium that's full with fans mm. by halftime. Come you on. wonder if, uh, Greg, if, if the Panthers absorb another ugly defeat here, if we might get another episode of Tepper B talking. Well, yeah, that's that. Those have been buried. Sometimes they've, they've been so controversial. We haven't even released some episodes of Tepper be talking. We've had a holster, some eps of Tepper be talking, uh, but, but yeah, maybe we get one in the next I, few days. I suspect Tepper be talking to, to Frank Reich about, about what was going on. And maybe that's why the off he's taking the play calling back. It's, it's depressing. It, it, it really haunts me. The still the, the press conference from a month or so ago when Frank Reich said, he has constant conversations uh, where Tepper be talking and they're hard conversations and they're unpleasant conversations. And now you have the, the play callers switch over and now the switcheroo is back. And this is, has all the markings of a one and done tenure for Frank Reich, mm -hmm. a man who deserves better. And you know what? Look at it the positive way, Greggy. Um, he will be scooped up by a team. Um, if he would like to stay on the coaching sidelines yeah. uh, as an OC and, and sure enough, you'll see him on the sidelines at a big playoff game playing a key role. But right now it feels like he's just going to have to go down with the ship because it's just not working, especially set against the backdrop of Stroud's historic success uh, in Houston. Well, now you, uh, all you got to do is play the Cowboys defensive line this weekend. Good luck with that. <laughs> you mentioned Rico Dowdle, like is the, timeshare coming. I mean, I think it, I think it came. Yeah. I think it's happening. Yeah, he's it stunning. Really? It, it really is. McCarthy said he was quoted as saying he, he wants guys who can run angry. And, oh and no. Runs, runs angry. Well, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think it's a no, no situation. It's fine. It is. It's, it's saying, you know, maybe he's not hitting that hole as hard as he needs Pollard, to be. Pollard. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, they expected him to be a star this year and it has not worked out for them. But, but you know what? Yeah, this is a uh, Texas coast offense has been the, okay. Otherwise. Yeah, you're right. And this is one of those uh, tiniest backfields in the NFL and they just haven't really produced, but it's kind mm. of fun to just sit back and think, all right, who else is going to, is it Deuce Vaughn? Is it Tony Pollard? Is it Rico Dowdle? Who's going to do it? Well, the group hasn't really produced, but we'll get there. I think it's another week that it, because of the matchup, it's like, let's keep getting cook some numbers. Let's keep getting Gallup some numbers. The Cowboys have been so dominant against these, poor sisters of the NFL that they can like just work on getting people like more confident and like work on different parts of their game. It's pretty incredible. CD lamb. Let's see what he does. Keep that heater going. Cowboys getting 10 and a half in this one. Um, all right. Before we say goodbye um, earlier in the show, I, uh, Greg and I had a, a really tender moment um, in which he, he lamented 
uh, something that he didn't bring up in an earlier show, and then I brought it up here, and, and it just showed that how we had each other's back. So I decided to put up the high five, and and then let's watch the replay because it got Greg you very s- uncomfortable. You Look. said high five, so that's th- Look at why, this. But why Ooh. did you go for the high five? Whoa. Is a- Whoa! We almost have to blur this out. That is that is a borderline why are erotic. You, why are you? <laughs> Look at that big meat hook. <laughs> why are you uh, <laughs> high fiving your little son there? Why? Who, who is that? Who are those baby hands in there with you? That's it. Shook. You did it. You you've said it all and you've done it all, and we we could not appreciate you more. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for entrusting me with a role in this draft and to be on this episode. And as always, it's a blast chatting football with you. <laughs> oh, he's bring, nice. he's bringing the backwards hat back too. Nick. Oh yeah, oh, look at that. I didn't even well, clock that, it. You got to see how this looks on me. Yeah, let's. See. I don't wear dad, the dad hat, the curved bill very well. Forward. <laughs> not not great. Is that, you know, is more, that, a, more is that an F one? I'm really wearing it because I don't know anything. I, I haven't think, shaved my head. In five I, days. I think you look great either way, but yeah, it definitely gives off kind of dad at the soccer game vibe. But that, that'd be fine. The ears, that's, I got big ears. That's us. Now you look hip and yeah. young and and ready to dominate in a way that. Few people can even understand or fathom. <laughs> uh, Shook, thank you, buddy, and thank you to everybody for uh, listening to the Week 11 preview. Yes, we got NFL Plus coming up later today. Thursday night recap coming, and then, yes, on the other side, we recap every game we just previewed. Sunday night, the flagship show. Till then, heed that call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.